Good afternoon, good morning, afternoon, evening to all our fellow listeners of the Tweet Cap. Today we have a very, very, very special edition of our show. For the first time ever, we have a guest commentator and we have a very special one. Today we have a PhD candidate of the out of the out of Rutgers University. She is a great friend of the show and she is an incredible, inspiring person with a great future and a lot of great things ahead. But I'm me and Ryan both are so lucky to introduce to the tweet cap our first guest, PhD candidate Melissa Wilkerson. Melissa, what's going on? Not much. How are you? <laughs> Very good. And Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Matt. Great, great. Awesome to hear. So, Ryan, let me hand it off to you. What brings us all here this evening? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for anyone who follows the show, you know what we do. But one thing we've tried to avoid talking about as best as we can, despite it being the number one trending topic on the internet right now, is coronavirus, COVID-19. And that's because we knew that this was coming. We knew that we were having this very special guest come on. um, And frankly... Matt and I have both said it a hundred times. She could talk circles around us when it comes to how the virus works, how the vaccine is going to work, and a lot of the different, you know, kind of stories and hot takes and such that you see on um, social media about COVID. So uh, I think we should probably start with the question everyone most wants to know the answer to. How does the vaccine work? Okay. Um, So I do want to preface with, I am by far not an expert on COVID-19. So there are people who are more well-versed than me, um, but I do have a background in science. So that's why I'm here today. Um, But the vaccine that most people are looking to use, the ones that we're hearing about in the news, the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. um, So they're RNA vaccines. And I think they're super, super cool. Um, We've never had an RNA vaccine on the market. Um, This is like brand new technology. And it's really cool because most vaccines, like your flu vaccine, maybe not most, but some vaccines, they take like dead virus or um, dulled virus, and they put that into the vaccine and inject it into you, and then your immune system attacks it. This is different because it takes a piece of RNA. So biology, RNA protein, DNA, we all remember that from like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So your RNA goes into, into your body and your cells take it up. Um, okay. And your cells are really stupid. So they see that RNA and they're like, oh, cool. Look at this. Let's make a protein. So they make the protein. And the protein in this vaccine is called spike protein. And it's specific to coronavirus, um, COVID-19. And that's what helps the coronavirus go around and make new virus. Mm-hmm. So basically your cell makes that spike and it puts it on the outside of the cell. And they're like, cool, look at this new little protein. And your immune system's like, what in the world is this? This is not supposed to be here. This is not me. What is going on? So your immune cells go over and they try to figure out what to do with it. And they attack it and they try to get rid of it. And then basically your body gets rid of it. But in the process, it makes immune cells within memory cells so that when you're actually exposed to the real virus, you already have that first line of defense. Your immune system doesn't have to try and figure it out anymore. Mm -hmm. It can just attack it and get rid of it so that you don't get sick in theory. So question for you then, uh, the spike protein that you're talking about, uh, obviously you just said it's, it's a piece or it's a part of the COVID-19 virus, correct? So how, how do you avoid from getting sick if you have that protein in your, you know, in your system? Yeah. So it's not a piece of the coronavirus. So they inject the RNA for it. So it's, it's not actually any part of COVID-19. It's just a sequence of RNA. So that goes into your cell. Your cell's stupid, makes it, puts it on the outside. So in that part of coronavirus, the spike protein is not what makes you sick. It is just the part that seeks out areas to um, make more virus and make you sick. It's, it's how it basically gets to places to make itself replicate. <laughs> And once and once this um, 
in theoret- uh, theoretically, once this is out and you can give this to any able-bodied human, um, these almost like this, these defenses, if we're thinking of a little animation, this this the, the the things that come with the little defenses like the little knights they're the ones who are going to actually go in and have almost the either if you have and this will be most effective if you don't have the um if you don't have the virus already or the antibodies or is it almost like getting prepared for you if it's already there then it will wipe it out um if you contracted it already yeah so this will be probably most effective if you um, I'm not sure about people who have already had it because um, mm-hmm. we're not sure how long immunity lasts for those people. But I think for people who haven't had it or don't have it currently, it will create basically that army, that first line of defense so mm-hmm. that when you are exposed to it, you have the tools to fight it. Whereas without the vaccine, you have none of those. You don't have a first line of defense. Yeah. You're scrambling. It's like you basically just they dropped a bomb on your body you weren't prepared for. You have no idea how to deal with the situation. Great. And also just what they failed to mention, sorry, the, um, the intro, uh, <laughs> Melissa is a P is a candidate in toxicology. So again, just to prove that. So, so I apologize for missing that on the first time, but, uh, she she shows and tries to make things nice and clear for us. So, so far, so good with that. So thank you, Melissa. Um, no my next question, my question for you. So we have, we, uh, the vaccines here, we take it. Um, one of the things I'm just curious about that it's been, um, reported is that this vaccine is probably going to be stored in a place that has to be extremely cold temperatures. And most likely when the time comes, are we going to have to probably go to a hospital to get this vaccine rather than maybe a um, pharmaceutical distributor like a Walgreens or CVS? Where are we likely going to go need to get this? Yeah. So the Pfizer vaccine specifically has to be kept at minus 80. So as a reference, your freezer in your house is minus 20. Um, And that's where you can store the Moderna vaccine in like a normal freezer. So once that vaccine starts going out, um, I think that one will be more widely available. More people have normal freezers. Minus 80 freezers, on the other hand, I mean, Mm -hmm. hospitals have them. Like Rutgers has tons of them. Like I have a bunch of samples in the minus 80 freezer right now. Um, but it will be a little more difficult, but I know Pfizer has been working with, um, I think it's BioNTech, the other company in Germany. Um, they've been working together to create these storage containers that can hold the vaccine at the correct temperature for, I believe it's like over a week. So if they're quick in their distribution, they might be able to distribute at, alternative locations but i think eventually they'll have to go to places that do have more minus 80 freezers great okay so i have a little insight that i don't even know if matt knows um but but in addition to being a uh, phd in toxicology from records as we've mentioned i think four times now um she's also a um a fellow of the Eagleton Institute of Politics at Rutgers, and I believe you're on a some sort of fellowship with Bristol Myers Squibb, which is a pharmaceutical company. So, yeah. I mean, basically, public health, public perception, actual science, and pharmaceuticals are all a part of, you know, your daily life now. Um, so, one of the big public health problems is, I believe, I checked this last night, but you can correct me, that both Moderna and Pfizer, and I really think those are the only two that are even remotely ready, right? Um, they're both two shots. So no matter what, you've got to get your first shot, and then after some sort of time, you have to get your booster sort of shot. And then that's when your body would be you know, more or less in that category of you know, immune. So after your first shot, you're not, you're not good. You're, you still got to do the mask. You still have to do all of those other things, which have become, you know, talking points on Twitter and other corners of the internet where people have crawled out of their holes to uh, give us non-scientific opinions. So um, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts? Again, this is not a science thing, so you probably don't have data or maybe you do, maybe you're that prepared, but mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of mixing all your hats together uh how how they how do you think they can do this get two you know two shots into everybody you know that quickly and have everyone do it like what are your thoughts on all that i mean it's definitely one of 
probably the most talked about things right now in the science and the public health community. Um, what I mean, the last time we tried to eradicate a disease, I believe it was smallpox, and that was mm -hmm. a single vaccine. So it was very easy. You gave it to everyone, and they hunted people down so that we could do it. We can't eradicate COVID-19 because there's another host, basically, because it comes from an animal. Um, mm -hmm. So, But even then, with a single vaccine, they were hunting people down to take this vaccine for years. Um, so to get people to come back for a second vaccine will be very, very challenging. Um, plus, what you were saying before about the efficacy of the vaccine. So you take your first shot and you're at like, I'm not sure of the exact numbers, maybe 80% protected. And then you take the second one and that's when you hit that 90% or that 94%, which both are very, very good numbers. Um, but the problem is we don't even know right now with these vaccines how long that efficacy is going to last, mm -hmm. which is another big problem in the scientific community when we're talking about this vaccine is how long will this last? Is this vaccine a short-term problem? Will we need another booster in six months that we have to give everyone? Or will we be good for a couple of years? And nobody knows. And I, it's a good thing because we have the test group that will they'll keep testing to see when the efficacy runs out. But to give two vaccines is going to be challenging. And it is really going to have to be on the individuals. And maybe the government will have to make sure that there are lots of, lots of testing sites, not testing sites, lots of vaccination sites, many places you can get vaccinated, make it super accessible, which is something we're really bad at as a country. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's, we're going to have to make sure they're in both the crowded cities and the rural neighborhoods and like all of the um, underrepresented populations are getting the vaccine and everybody, everybody under the sun just needs to get this so that we can make sure that we are safe. And we will have a little bit of herd immunity once we start vaccinating people, but it is going to be really difficult to get people both doses for everybody. I'm not quite sure how we can do that the and most effectively. And also make it affordable as well. Funny you yeah. mentioned that. I was talking to Ryan about that very case with smallpox, Jacobson versus Mathis, or Jacobson versus Massachusetts, where mm -hmm. they um, determined whether or not basically if you could be forced to have a vaccine. And um, they ruled you don't have to, but um, what after the fact is how you could be, um, you know, if you're allowed certain places, which brings me to my next point is, um, and it was announced today that they will probably have some sort of card system to have legal proof that you and documentation that you took the um, vaccine. And as we're seeing some places, especially our part of the country where masks are mandated, probably we, I, this is my prediction, but probably they'll ask for your vaccine card and you'll probably need it as, as handy as your ID. And that'll determine, well, if you can't come, you won't be allowed in my restaurant if you don't have this and stuff like that. Um, this is what just, I'm, you know, I'm no expert at it too, but do you think that's a very effective system? And do you think that's going to be the way to go? We'll have our actual documentation to show um, how far we're going and where we can go. Melissa, you there? Yeah, we're here. We lost you for a minute there. Sorry, sorry. We cut out for a second, but okay, I, cool. I think we're I got back the gist on. of your question. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, for me, having a vaccine card is great because I can get all my vaccines and I'm more than willing to get my vaccines and awesome. But there are tons of people who can't take vaccines. Um, so they'll have to be, they would have to be exempt from that. Like the reason that herd immunity is a thing in general is because um, some people can't get vaccines, period. Whether like children who are immunocompromised, um, sometimes they're not great for the elderly. So the more people you vaccinate who are allowed to be vaccinated and can be vaccinated, this creates, um, basically there's not enough hosts 
for the virus to move around and to um, reproduce. So if you don't have enough people for it to infect, it just goes away. And that's how herd immunity works. So, but if you have all these people who are just not getting it for no reason, um, that's when you run into some problems. Um, which we've seen a lot with like the anti-vaxxing movement uh, lately. But I don't know. I think that you might run into some ethical problems with like having to produce a card that like has your vaccination record on it, especially if you live in a place where like maybe you don't have access um, to to the vaccine or to other vaccines. Like is, would it stop at COVID? Would you also have to show that you're vaccinated for polio or like yep. measles Do like for school. So I, I mean not in all states actually more and more states are requiring it but there's religious exemptions there's personal exemptions um which interesting you can talk about the the ethics and the debate on that but um i mean every state is different right now there's no like federal mandate i think that the, our government is going to push people to take the COVID vaccine, but I do think there's going to be a lot of people who are holdouts for sure. If there's one thing people in America like, as we all know, it's when the <laughs> government pushes them to do something. So, no problems there. Uh, I want to backtrack just a, a little bit. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you take the first shot, some sort of efficacy, take the second shot, then you reach the, uh, you know, published numbers. Uh, is it better than nothing? I mean, just, you know, again, you don't have the numbers, so I'm not asking you to definitively say that. But let's, again, let's assume that someone's going to try it. You know, they're going to go in, they're going to get the first shot, and they're not going to like it, or they're going to get a runny nose the next day, and they're like, well, they gave me the COVID, so I'm not getting the second one. Or, you know, they're afraid that the, the tracking chip is in the second one, some of these Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Well, is it better than nothing? Like, are we still better off even if everyone, you know, even if a bunch of people just take the first half and then chicken mm-hmm. out or, you know, forget uh, or whatever? So I will say, take your shots because your runny nose is way less of a concern than <laughs> like actually getting sick. And that's how I feel about the flu shot too. Like get your flu shot because the little bit of sick you get after the flu shot is nothing compared to getting super sick from the flu. Um, But to answer your question, um, I think, and I don't know the exact answer, but I would have to imagine it is better than nothing. I mean, a lot of the vaccines that we have out today are like 50% effective or 60% effective, especially the flu shot. And we take the flu shot every, oh yeah, 90 90 and 94% is super high. I mean, even Fauci was saying that at the beginning when he was talking about vaccines, he was like, we would be super lucky if we got like a 60 or 70% effective vaccine. And mm-hmm. so to have a vaccine that with two doses is like 94% effective is insane. It's, and especially in like the quick time frame, the quick turnaround, yeah. it's crazy how, how fast science can work sometimes. Sometimes it's painstakingly slow, but <laughs> so we we know we as you mentioned ninety five percent accurate, and you did hit upon it on uh, Ryan's last question. But for anyone who really doubts the safety of the vaccine, if they're choosing to be an anti vaxxer because they generally don't think it's safe enough, you would. Uh, and um, you know, having said that, it was announced again today that Obama. That President Obama, President George W. Bush, and President Bill Clinton would take it. Would you say? They really wanted to impress people. They'd have given it to Carter first. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that <laughs> does. That is, that, that is fair. Uh, that is a fair. That was a uh, joke. Point. Please get vaccinated. But, <laughs> but you would say like you really don't have anything to worry about. This ultimately is a thing for the good, and it'd be our road to recovery. Um, would you feel that way too? You say don't don't be scared, guys. It's gonna be okay. I mean, at first I had reservations because it it was a very quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. So for me, thinking about science, thinking about the scientific process, it takes a long time, especially when you're working with something that's new. But then again, we had people working on this 24-7 since it even became remotely a problem. So, and we've had, I've seen trials that got paused indefinitely. So they are testing these. They are going through clinical trials. Obviously, you can't 
for ethical reasons, take people, give them the vaccine and then make them sick to see like, Mm. you know, you can't like give them coronavirus to see if it works. So they kind of have to get exposed on their own volition. Um, But people people aren't getting sick and people who didn't get the vaccine in these trials who got the placebo are getting sick. But I mean, I would say because you saw that some of these vaccine trials were stopped because they weren't working or people were getting sick. I mean, that is a pretty good indicator to me that they're, they're doing the right testing. They're, they're trying to make sure that something that's not safe and something that's not effective doesn't go into the general population. And that's why they're going through FDA. FDA, that's their job is to make sure that your trials were right and your testing was right. And that even in an emergency situation, like we're going through right now, we're not putting something into the population that's going to kill people or like hurt people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that they have enough regu- regulation in place throughout to say that this is, this is safe for us to take. Yeah, no, I trust it. Uh, that's with me. And, um, you know, as a, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I, 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 I was going to say something like my, um, like one of my favorite radio hosts said, this is his quote, not mine. He said, you know, Put, you know, pull my pants down and pit, shoot me in the family for the good of mankind. Again, that's his. <laughs> but, um, but I say that because, like, again, I, I want this to end as much as anyone else. I don't want to be in fear of, you know, someone who lives at home with older parents. And I don't want to be in fear of, be, of uh, spreading it to them. So my thing to take it is simply so I feel better about myself on selfish reasons. But um, – also because it's just the right thing to do to bring this pandemic closer together. I'm sure Ryan feels the same way. Absolutely. Although I will say uh, if Mr. And Mrs. Brown do listen to this episode of the tweet cap, you are not old. You're experienced. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing. But, you know, you, and may I say one thing now um, today in his briefing, now we are referring to a different state, the, the state where we're both in between with New York. But, you know, one of the major leaders is Governor Cuomo and how he's handled it in his state of New York. And he briefed today about Pfizer sending um, vaccines as early as next week, as in this month. And hopefully that trend starts to trend for our tri-state area and obviously for the country and also we we have and we've also seen um the united kingdom yesterday mm-hmm. approve the vaccine and they're starting to distribute it amongst their citizens right now so having said all that so this month it's fair to say that december we are going to see it now out to the public even if it's for in an emergency sense now having said all that where what where do people like you come in are you going to be closely examining these cases are you going (laughs) to be uh, to see from afar are you going to talk to your new york your uh, new york colleagues say hey what's going on over there what are we going to do when um, our state's ready um where do you mind you're under youtube oath yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't personally study vaccines. I mean, I'm very interested in coronavirus because I I do study lung injury. Uh, My whole PhD thesis is on uh, long-term effects of um, lung injury, uh, which could be very relevant with coronavirus. probably Uh, but with the vaccine um, I'm not super directly involved Um, but I will be keeping an eye on it because I I like to be on top of this like I'm very interested in science and policy I'd be very I'll be very interested to see how New York especially with New York City in that scope because it's one of the biggest cities we have how are they going to get it to everyone how are they going to distribute it um I think Andrew Cuomo's done a pretty good job so far. Um, I think Connecticut and New Jersey will probably follow in in suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think New Jersey definitely needs a vaccine since we're the most densely populated state per landmass. So we're all on top of each other all the time. So hopefully New York figures out how to do it super effectively and we can kind of adopt 
what they did. Great, great. Which seems uh, to be a trend during all this. <laughs> very much. We really all are all in this together. Um, you know, one thing with, and when it comes to, this is just half jokingly, half serious question when it comes to, between right now our two visors, Pfizer and Moderna, is there any distinguish between the choose which ones to pick? Is it like going to Coke? Is it like going to McDonald's or Burger King to get your vaccine to end the pandemic? Or is it uh, anything in that sense? Um, I'm just curious. Does that make a difference where you go or, or find it? I heard Pfizer and Burger King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm about to say, I think that might have got Yeah, I think that might have got funky. Okay. Well, my question was pretty much: Is there a difference between the two vaccines where you go to get them? Is it like a burger, a Burger King, or McDonald's, or you go to pick between Moderna and Pfizer? Or that, I don't wonder if that makes a difference at all. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think people are going to have an option to pick at the beginning. You're going to get offered a vaccine and you're going to take whatever they give you. Um, eventually, I think like all medications, there's going to be 50 of like the same thing and you can choose which company you get it from or your mm -hmm. doctor will, will recommend whatever. But right now with such short supply, um, I think Pfizer is going to be out first because Pfizer is the one that has FDA approval right now and they're going to roll out as early as December 15th. Um, but, and just to like, I think Cuomo said nursing homes um, is first. Nurses at nursing homes and people in nursing homes. Um, but the Moderna one will be a little bit later. So obviously the people in nursing homes won't be getting the Moderna vaccine. They'll be getting another vaccine. So at first it's going to be whatever is available to you when they're giving it to you. Um, and I think it'll be like that for pretty much most people's vaccinations. And then if we have to do more vaccinations later on, you might have access to more than one. They're, they're pretty much, they're very similar vaccines. They're both RNA vaccines. Okay, great. I think. So we could definitely trust either. So my last question regarding this subject, then I'll give it off to Ryan if he has any more questions regarding this. So um, <clears throat> what, so, oh, I'm sorry, Ryan, do you have oh, another question? Oh, you're good, you're good, go ahead. Okay, um, regarding this point in the pandemic, I just, I, I'm going to ask a very broad question but I just want to ask, in your opinion, in your expert opinion, what exactly, once the vaccine is distributed and we have a good majority of us taking it, what exactly has to take place for the WHO and the CDC to declare that the pandemic is over? What exactly has to happen? Um, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, I know that we'll probably have to see a specific number of case decline. So like the cases per day that we're seeing um, will have to decrease to a certain level for mm -hmm. them to say this is no longer a, a pandemic. Actually, if it's no longer a pandemic, that means it's, it's no longer worldwide. So if like mm -hmm. every other country except for the United States in theory gets rid of coronavirus or they declare that they're they're done, it will become an epidemic. So it's only in one place or like mm -hmm. a couple of places that are very close together. And then for us to go past that, we would also have to reach that level of we're not getting the cases anymore. We don't see as many okay. positives. And I um, think that's what would happen. Cool. Cool. And by, <laughs> do you have a, uh, if you want to say at this time, do you think there could be, do you know when, that that might be are we trending to maybe the spring or summer that we could um do this could it be the fall i always said to ryan fall 2021 <laughs> right now we're be... trending upward so <laughs> well i mean <laughs> will it take a few years i heard so we'll go as far as five years but i th think that person's crazy when, when what do you think we're trending towards if the time limit and i know this is just a, pred a prediction at this point in december early yeah. 2020 and i know that can change in an instant but what do you think right now could be that time when we're free of this yeah i mean i don't think we're going to see any real semblance of normalcy until summer of 2021 i mean we won't be back to normal in summer 2021 but i think maybe we'll start having a couple of more in-person things and yeah. like maybe maybe people will be like have like 
I, I mean, I, I want to go to my scientific meeting in July. So that's super right. nerdy of me, but like, maybe that will happen. Um, maybe we'll be able to have like some sporting events in person a little bit more, but I don't think, I think we'll still be masked up. I think we'll still be trying to stay away from each other a little bit. I mean, I think by that point, that will probably be when like we the three of us are getting our vaccines is summer yeah. 2021. So maybe by like fall or winter, we'll start to be like, this is okay. Again, we can go outside and like okay. hug grandma, <laughs> Great. go back to work. <laughs> I, hear that. I hear that. Ryan, do you have anything else regarding um, this subject or any questions to add before we take a quick break? Honestly, no. Like I said, I think you explained it really well. Uh, there's a lot to be nervous about. Um, you know, just hearing that last sentence, you kind of have to be like, well, people don't want to wear a mask now. And now we're going to vaccinate people and then tell them also to wear a mask. So yeah. I, I'm a little I'm a little nervous that, you know, we're, we're not going to do such a good job with this. Uh, and I wonder why. Um, but um it is reassuring to know that the, uh, the uh, president can't just announce it'll be gone by Easter. Um, the pandemic does actually have to hit a certain number before we can, you know, classify it as over. So that's always, yeah. you know, that's always good. <laughs> reassuring that there's some sort of baseline for uh, what we're doing and not just the whims of uh, the whims of the elderly. But um, that's all I have on COVID at this point. Like I said, we could probably do three whole you know, episodes of just COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not going to do that. Uh, I think what we're going to do though, is we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and Melissa's going to have to enter into our world. Um, she's going to have to talk about our stuff. Um, and now we get to be the smarty pants. So yes. Are you raising your hand? Yeah, I am. <laughs> quick, quick plug though. If you do want to know more about coronavirus specifically, or if you want to know more about um, vaccines or infectious diseases, there's this really awesome podcast that I listen to all the time called This Podcast Will Kill You, and it's on all your um, podcasting sites, and it's like super basic. They dumb it down. It's really, really good. Uh, we actually we actually don't do that here. We have a specific agreement with the Pit Podcast. That's the only other one we're allowed to mention, so... Uh... I don't, well, we don't know where the pit podcast has been, so you know. I have an update. Just... I have an update on that actually. So we're good. <laughs> Do you want to save that for the break? After the right break? for the break, yeah, I'll say that um, if you like me, hopefully you do. You're listening to me talk. Um, I am on the pit podcast. It has just hit uh, after the holiday, so um, right now they're everywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, YouTube will be up shortly. Uh, speaking of YouTube, we have a big announcement in part two of this uh, episode. Again, this is a big episode uh, about YouTube and our future there. So uh, again, Melissa, thank you for talking with us a little bit about, uh, you know, COVID-19 and the path forward. Uh, And now hopefully we're going to get things a little bit lighter and uh, again, talk about some of the other trending topics of the day. All right. Well, with that, we'll be right back. And we're back. We're here with the great Melissa Wilkerson joining us on the Tweet Cap today. On our first segment, we talked all COVID-19, and now we're getting into, mm-hmm. obviously, some lighthearted things. And But first, I'll hand it off to my partner, Ryan Page, who has a few things to announce, or just one. But um, Just one, but it's a big one. Okay. So, What's going on, Ryan? Um, after much thoughtful consideration, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so the uh, tweet cap is uh, going to go and expand its horizons just a little bit. Um, thank you for everyone who has heard us the you know the last however many episodes, listen to us talk and banter and just go over the news. But now, if you really want to watch us, you can do that as well because the tweet cap is officially on YouTube. Uh, so. In addition to this being our very first, it's a two-parter, our very first uh, video that's going to be uh, available to watch on YouTube, we are actually going to go back and go through the archives, all eight of them, seven of them, all seven of the uh, archives, and we're going to put all of our old conversations on as well. So um, if you really wanted to hear what the uh, Liberty and Justice for All episode sounded looked like after hearing what it sounded like on election night, yeah. 
you can do that. So get hyped, get excited. Um, obviously, we are still going to be on Spotify, uh, Apple, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast in our traditional form. But um, you could probably find you can finally put a face to the name for you know myself. Matt has already been all over the internet, so he's a little bit easier to spot. But one day. I'll be just as notable. I'll be just as notable as Matt Brown. That's the I hope. I agree to that. I agree to that. So, <laughs> um, luckily, we are very happy to have Melissa join us to talk the tweets. And uh, Ryan, what do you have for us to start it off? Well, I'm probably stealing something you wanted to talk about, but it is. It's it's been growing on me. Uh, and Please. at first, I ignored it. Uh, but then, like a darkness in your soul, it just continues to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There are these, I'm going to call them obelisks. I don't know if that's the right word that have been cropping up all over. Uh, started in Utah. Now it's gone. Then it was in Romania. Although that one looked like a cheap knockoff. It looked like a cheap knockoff Romanian mm-hmm. version. Um, and now there's one in California, I believe. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm taking solace because you're locked down. Right. I'm taking mm-hmm. solace in the fact that if it were really aliens, um, president who at this point hates this country and everyone in it <laughs> for voting him out would have told us. Um, but of course, the Internet is a buzz uh, trying to determine what this is, um, where it's from, who put it there and uh, who keeps taking them away. Uh, I will say, did you watch the video of the guy who actually went? Out in Utah, the, the guy who actually went. I did not see the video. But yeah, I read so the um, the, you know, Utah was like, everyone, please don't go there. It's really far away from like you know everything. Um, it's dangerous, and of course, everyone said, <laughs> um, and did that anyway. Um, so this one person, uh, a redditor, actually was getting there was getting a lot of talk on Reddit about this too. <laughs> um, somebody posted the coordinates saying, I'm pretty sure it's here, but obviously <laughs> we're all locked down. And so nobody could confirm. And so one Redditor said, I'll do it. And so he took the coordinates, he go- drove as close as he could drive. And then he uh, walked the rest of the way and then he found it and he filmed himself touching it and like examining it. And then he posted the exact coordinates. You know what I mean? Like, cause he only got close. And so, yeah. So and that's gone now, the one in Utah, but um, it was hollow. Like, if you watch it, it was weird. It was like metal, but not really. It was very shiny and it was hollow when you hit mm-hmm. it. You know, a knock on it yeah. like that. I won't do any more knocks. I know it sounds bad, but. Um, and it was a hollow sound. So, uh, what do you think, Matt? I mean, you're far more. Uh, you're far quicker to just jump in and assume it was an extraterrestrial life form <laughs> than I am. But. Uh, what do you think? You know, well, also adding on to this, I just, I read an article, I didn't see a video that was reported by the New York Times at the one, I don't know if it was the Romanian one or the Utah one, but one of the first who actually saw four people assemble it. Now, assemble when, it? No, they didn't see the Utah or, one get assembled. Or um, either assemble it or, if you don't mind, I could pull it up, a screenshot. Yeah, go it. for it. Um, but regarding... This fiasco, this uh, fiasco, <laughs> this. I think that you know, if there are aliens in this world, I hope that I'm not at least on their shit list. And um, so, why would, why would you be on the list, Matt? <laughs> who knows? For now, if they have some super intelligent technology to hear me, they just hate podcasters. <laughs> or, um, but, but here, right here, according to this headline, is the the monolith in Utah was a. Uh, was a photographer said four men dismantled the mysterious signing object. Now, personally, I think this would, if you want to have an internet hoax, this is the time to do it in a time <laughs> where it's harder to uh, uh, find these things. And, you know, it's easy to take a picture and a video of something. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know if there was just all team up together because we're hitting, I mean, two different countries. Romania is pretty far away from the United <laughs> States. And these are all very specific um, Western states, at least the ones, if we're making clues, if this is... But just the West, the, the Romanian one looks different, I will yeah. say, if you look at them. And Melissa, by the way, I don't know if you've seen any of these pictures or not. Um, I saw it on Barstool. There you go. Mm-hmm. So the, the one, 
the ones here are shiny. The one in Romania yes. isn't as shiny. Yeah, I saw it. Was it even at a completely different color? It was much darker. But I think uh, personally, I'm going to say it's a group of people hoaxing us in the internet and trying to play with us. And I think it's just for their pure amusement. But if it is aliens, uh, I'm a believer of you guys. <laughs> so please don't hurt me. And uh, whatever. Melissa, what do you think of what's going on? I mean scientific opinion um <laughs> please do I we mean, could use it in this <laughs> maybe there's aliens i don't know but this is probably a hoax <laughs> i mean especially if the one in romania looks different they're yeah. just trying to copy whatever they saw in utah and be like oh look at it. it traveled all the way over here mm-hmm. mysterious the one in california looks pretty similar though i will yeah, say but that's like, the utah that's, one okay utah's not that far from california no i know I wasn't saying it. I was just saying they do look similar. Like that one could be the same one. I mean, there might be life out there. It's a pretty big universe, but they're probably not here right now. And if they are, I mean, that'd be very 2020. So (laughs) I got it. If they are here, why would they be like Ashton Kutcher on, you know, punks? (laughs) I know we're going to put a silver freaking uh, rod in the ground. They're going to go crazy. You know, one point I have to say is – I'm surprised this argument has not been brought up a little more because, I mean, every, like, so there's a movie, a very famous movie called 2001 A Space Odyssey. You know, I mean, I'm a That's big, where they filmed the moon landing. <laughs> yeah, so they say. Now, the reason why <laughs> I bring this up, and I want to see my opinion of that movie. I think that movie is so overrated. And I know cinephiles adore that, worship that thing. I think it's boring as hell. But um, <laughs> I like the the others. But I did like some other stuff, uh, other aspects. But anyways, so in the movie, there is a big mo- Monmouth just like that. It's the exact same thing. The movie came out in the late 60s. And um, if you don't mind, I'll pull up a picture that um, – yeah. It it it's it has a similar type to like this um this being this this weird unidentified object, uh, and the monolith like this is the actual thing. This comes from a movie from the sixties. Uh, can you guys? All right, I have it right here. Um. I pay for so much for this phone to, and to give me a head. All right. So I have it right here. I don't know if you guys can see this. This is the monolith. This is from a movie from the yeah. late 60s. I've also seen the movie. What do you think of it? Just curious. I, it wasn't an action packs, you know, adventure. But No, no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can appreciate its cinema value, but it's just boring. But anyways, you see this thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Nobody wanted to put two or two together were these huge film nerds who just want to say, oh, let's do this real thing. A, a bunch of cinephiles. Like, I genuinely believe that's the case with this. And uh, I don't know why people didn't reference that right away. But uh, Somebody got bored during COVID, watched that movie, and then decided they were going to put it in Utah. Honestly, yeah. That, it looks much lower <laughs> like the Romania one, too. I just think that's, I, that's what I believe in. And, uh, well... You definitely know how to get us talking, and it's I'll take that distraction than, you know, the other bad stuff going on in the world, you know? <laughs> the actual bad stuff, yeah. Like, like what What was that, that, that um, dress from a few years ago that was, it's either blue oh, yeah. or gold. I saw blue. I think it's blue. I don't get anyone I saw says gold. gold. How do you see gold? Uh, with my eyes. How did you see blue? <laughs> it's pretty obvious it's, my, it's blue with my eyes. Well, there it you was go. blue for me, too. It was also, it was Laurel who was wearing the gold dress. It wasn't Yanni. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know what that reference is. I'm sorry. Oh, Yanni and Laurel? It's another one where you hear like a sound and it, it sounds like Yanni or Laurel depending on oh, some, yeah, some yeah, such yeah, nonsense. Yeah. And it was Yanni, not Laurel. Right. Yeah, I well, exactly. <laughs> oh man, can I bring up a story, Ryan? Absolutely. I do have so, one after this, though. A new one from today. So th- we talked about this today, but honestly, it's really picking up uh, another movie-related thing. Oh, yeah. But um, this isn't your story, is it? Nope. Okay. You'll never guess my story. <laughs> All right. Good, Not a good. trillion years. So 
News today out of Hollywood is, and this affects us all, for anyone who watches streaming services, that they announced today for at least 2021, um, Warner Brothers is going to release every single movie in theaters, but at the same time, they are going to uh, release the movie on HBO Max without an additional fee like Disney did for Mulan. So we will be able to see movies such as The Matrix 4, Tom and Jerry live action, the highly anticipated Dune, uh, the Many Saints of Newark uh, Soprano uh, prequel, Suicide Squad, um, the Godzilla vs. King Kong, new Elvis biopic, and uh, uh, anticipated Zack Snyder's the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And all these movies and the new In the Heights um, adaption oh. and Space Jam. And then they'll also announce movies that will come out um, toward the end. But having said that, all these movies are now going to, in Warner Brothers, major studio, big deal studio is all going to be releasing their movies at the same time as HBO Max. And you don't have to pay a fee like you did with Disney and Mulan. Now, with that, is this going to be the one that really kills the, f- the theater industry as we are waiting and uh, getting our vaccines to go into theaters again? Is this the trend we are now going to go? You know, obviously Netflix has their original movies that are a big deal. But um, now this is a major Hollywood studio that's been around for 100 years. And literally, now in two- 1923, they started. So... This is now they're even caving into this and uh, or not caving in, but they're like, they're trying something new and they want to put out this content. And that's really kicking off with Wonder Woman coming out on HBO Max on Christmas. Uh, I'll start with you, Melissa. What do you think of this trend? Are you somebody who is for seeing these movies now at the comfort of your home? Or do you want to um, see it go back to normal maybe the year after? How do you how do you feel about this going into uh, 2021? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of movies from home, but like honestly, I do like to go to movies in the theater. Um, me and Ryan go to movies in the theater basically when we're bored. So like, mm-hmm. if we don't want to sit at home, we just go to the movies because it's For like a while, right there every weekend. Yeah, we go almost every weekend. Um, Warner Brothers, like I don't know, none of the movies you mentioned were like movies that I was jumping to see. So yeah, like, they were a lot of very franchisey ones. and stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like you can ask Ryan. I've seen like zero movies up until I started dating him. So, <laughs> um, but like I think as long as like movies are still in theaters, people are still going to go to the theaters to see the movie. In my personal opinion, I like to go. Mm. <laughs> What do you think about this, Ryan? Well, I mean, I've already kind of given... We've already had this kind of conversation once before. I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, like, what was trending It was Wonder time. Woman. It was the Wonder Woman. Was it? Now, yeah. Now it's for everything. For the well, now it's everything, of, yeah. Of Warner but, um, Brothers, at least. So, I mean... So, the thing is, like... I'm, I'm looking at the movies you said. And Dune sounds interesting, right? So, I'll probably watch that now. Whereas I wouldn't have watched it before... Uh, right. And another one that happened with was, was the Irishman, which kind of came out. Granted, that was before all this happened, but yeah. um, the Irishman had that not come out on Netflix, wouldn't have watched it as early as I did. Mm-hmm. So, I think what this this will do is, it, like I said, it'll definitely help a lot of people who you know it'll help HBO, it'll help everybody who likes movies but doesn't you know doesn't like them like them, and it'll give them access to a lot of maybe other movies that frankly weren't going to get as much um, get as much uh, of an audience just because, you know, you know, you talk about Dune, it's a big franchise film, but it's also never been filmed before. Right. And I don't know well, how it is many a people... remake actually, but um, really, yeah, from the well, 80s, from the early eighties. No, that doesn't count. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, <get it. laughs> well, I mean, if, if it was a really good movie in the eighties, there'd been like 14 Dune right. movies. We'd be talking about that, it. The point was, it was David Lynch. They wanted to do something to compete with Star Wars, and obviously, they didn't fail. I mean, it's a cult status now, but it was supposed to be a big deal franchise, and it didn't. And it's, but it's also, I think, a successful book, right? Yeah, like the, the book is, it's it's a huge cult s- series. Um, this is honest, Dennis Villeneuve. I don't know how you pronounce the name, but um, he's. The, I mean, I love his work. He's a great. He really grew in. Um, he really I love how much research we did for epi- uh, for part one of this, mm-hmm. so we could sound smart. And now we're like, you know, 
not fact-checking whether or not Dune was a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I was saying, Dennis Villeneuve is, uh, I think that is how you pronounce it, but he's a big deal Hollywood director. He really grew himself within this decade arrival. Um uh, rival and prisoners and stuff like that and this is just his genuine passion project he just finally got the clout enough to do dune and pro- pro- trust me i don't think a lot of producers were looking to remake that but he was just such a big deal and grew so much that he was able to do it and obviously do it yeah. with Warner brothers and uh that's probably been one of the most anticipated movies in like the cinephile world because right. of its cult status and uh big deal names and actors both <clears throat> veterans and up-and-comers whether like Josh Brolin as the veteran or Timothy Chalamet, he's leading on his way to being a real leading man. And uh, this is also his chance to see if he can hold up and make a franchise. Well, he, was the, he led the, the kingdom now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying this is a major, you know, with all the kids. Oh, yeah, it's a franchise. But this is a huge franchise that will be very mainstream. Probably they want this to be a Star Wars competitor. I think that's the goal. That's their vision with this. And um, now you'll be able to see it this next October. Right. And And uh, so to my original point, I think this will help with that because, again, how many people have read the Dune books? Now you want all those people to show up and see the movie. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know what I mean? You know, whereas now you have HBO Max anyway, because you watch, you know, friends or whatever. But, um, and so you're like, ah, let me not watch friends, you know, reruns for the 1400th time. (laughs) And you go through the movies and you find oh, new movie and you watch it and maybe you end up really liking it. So by Dune (laughs) three, again, assuming that's what they want to do with a franchise like movie. Um, now people want to go to the theater and see it. Now they want that epic experience of seeing, uh, I don't know, Timothy Chalamet fight Don Cheadle probably. (laughs) So, um, you know what I mean? Like that's, I think theaters, if, if it's really is a trend that continues, theaters are going to become more like, well, theater. People are going to yeah. go when it's something big. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, you, won't, you don't go to Broadway. Um, some people do, by the way. Like, again, you, you talk about you cinema. Money for it, but, there are people who oh, yeah, you know, yeah. have the funds and they're, they're local probably. And they like, they go to shows all the time. Big shows, small shows. You know what I mean? And that's different. I'm yeah, talking so about that. If just I like, do that, I would do Right, that. just like cinephiles who, who go to see a movie. They'll go see the indie movie and then they'll go see Avengers <laughs> the next week because they just love going to the movies. But right. for mo- most people, you know, you're not going to go to Broadway unless you get tickets to like, you know, Dear Evan Hansen or... I mean, Hamilton, is that even on Hamilton? Hamilton's probably still on. Oh, yeah. Hamilton is not going anywhere. Or like Wicked back back in the day. I don't know if that one's still on. But um, Yeah, they're still there, I think. I think it's still there. Wow. Anyway, um, so like people go to see those because those are really big, you know? But yeah. uh, people don't go to the uh, to the smaller kind of art ones. Those, those are more, you know, niche. And I think movies are going to yeah. become that. They're going to become more, you know, niche. People who really like certain kinds of films will go see them, right? But the mainstream audience, you know, Avengers 14, Too Fast, Too Furious, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so that sort of thing. I think that's probably what will end up happening. If, if it can do that way, they could also just, you know, yeah. give up on this in a year once the pandemic is over and everything returns to normal. I think this is also at the end of the day, just competition. I mean, the streaming wars are heating up even more. This is another obstacle for it. I think this sticks it to Disney. One of the dumbest things Disney did was make a Disney so plus exclusive movie. And then you have to pay an additional fee to watch it. So dumb. And, and by them doing this, just really sticks it up to a competitor in um, Disney. And then we'll see if uh, Paramount Network's next with their stuff. And um, Paramount Network, it would be, yep. You know, with the Where they got movies. Um, Hulu? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we, we, like you already mentioned, that Hulu and Netflix did already do theatrical release. Obviously, not the bigger ones, but this is yeah. everyone. And these are all major ones. So, again, if Paramount does the same thing and Paramount does it with the Paramount Network, uh, NBC Universal for Universal Films will Peacock Network now be showing all their movies. Uh, possibilities are endless with this and uh you know for me i don't really have time to get to the theaters and not allowed to get to the theaters anymore so obviously in this case i don't mind um but i honestly hope that they change it back to theater to have a theater window maybe a little sooner maybe only a few Mm -hmm. weeks between initial release and um they get the window to have it there but i I hope this is 
I hope this is the yeah. case and that it seems as Dis- uh, Warner Brothers really wants to get some eyeballs at the end of the day to uh, their great content. And they have a lot of exciting, you know, big name franchises with that. I mean, you'll be able to see LeBron. You know, we know the the next two weeks are going to go with Space Jam 2 on the Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Space Jam 2 comes out. So, uh, Don Cheadle's on that, as you told me. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a good time. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to see it playing out. And then next year we'll see if they, if they continue to do this. We'll debate more on uh, the importance of it but don't forget at the end of the day the theaters are getting the movies oh yeah absolutely it's just just, at the same time yeah so i think that does play a big factor so ryan what's the next story you wanted to bring up yeah so uh i saw this today toward the end of the day right now trending number 13 on twitter Mm -hmm. is akinator do you guys remember akinator no idea what that is (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so for those of you apparently my co-host and our special guest who uh didn't have an ipad touch um akinator <laughs> is an app it's a little genie app um oh and, yeah, 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 yeah yeah i know that oh wait hold up i remember oh what is it i'm so sorry Oh it's my god! I was and on that. The genie, wait. yeah, and you do the you, you think of someone and then you answer the questions and, and the guesses it, it gets every it time perfectly. I remember so, I remember Lauren Keo showed that and it was uh yeah mine was so fucking blown with that. And it I, and like, the same for me too. And I think <laughs> and I think a solid like three months I did it every to every person I did it like to Mr. Couture, Mr. Carl, um like. I was that guy. Oh, God. Well, and you wondered why Mr. Couture was so mean to you. I'm just kidding. He wasn't that mean to you. That's a dream podcast guest. I've never heard (laughs) of it in my life. So uh, so basically, Akinator is a genie app. And And it gets it right. Yeah, this genie Akinator asks you questions. You think of a character or a person or whatever, um, asks you questions. Download this app again right now. I I did it earlier. Um, (laughs) Who uh, and so you you answer the questions and then it guesses who you have with scary accuracy. Um, and it has like, a, there was like a little game, like a handheld game, and it was like, is it a thing? And then you like yeah, but that's, that was yes. twenty five questions. That was a specific oh, okay. number of questions. I mean, Akinator got one in like ten questions. Um, <laughs> oh. But so. A, I didn't know Akinator still existed. I don't know how long it's existed. It looks brand new. They've I definitely redone it. it. I just, yeah. yeah, how about that? I don't know if it's better, by the way. I kind of like the older aesthetic, but it is new aesthetic. Uh, they've changed some things. They had like a ranking system, which is kind of interesting. Um, but also, there's a, a meme going around or a Twitter kind of game going around. Someone t- uh, tweeted out, play Akinator, which is why it's trending right now, mm-hmm. um, and answer every question as if it's about yourself. But say it's a fictional character. So the first thing it asks you is, is it real? So you're thinking of yourself, but you say no. And it says, say what you got. And so I did that. And so I was, and it's very, it was very specific too. I want to make that clear. I got Scary cartoon specific. Joe Biden from our, car, you know, our cartoon president. So I didn't get Joe Biden. <laughs> I, I got uh, cartoon Joe Biden. Specifically had a picture of him. Uh, he's an adult-minded old man. Um, and that's who apparently... If I was a fictional character, that's who I am. Um, so it so was. That's what's trending. It was a fun, 13th on YouTube, on uh, Twitter. Yeah, Akinator is trending 13th right now. And I mean, if you go through, you got a whole bunch of things. People, some people are complaining about how it looks. Some people are sharing their answers. Um, like I said, I then got obsessed with it because the new ranking system, which I thought was going to be stupid, but uh, yeah, if you have like a really obscure. Mm-hmm. obscure one that Akinator gets if it's super obscure you get like more points and I actually got a gold and I was one of the top people uh, right when I downloaded I got someone right off the bat that was, was a it? gold standard it was a character from a book the Pendragon book series uh, my favorite book series from when I was a kid it did eventually get it um, and it, it wasn't the main character either it was the main villain and it did get it on the first try but it, it took him a little bit of time so oh, man, Akinator is back it's back on my phone. I suggest you all do the same. I don't know if it's a Chinese, you know, prop to steal all of our information. It might very well be, but um, that's okay. So, we all have TikTok too. So, so is, so is there? So when every time you think of something and an ad comes up, like if you're thinking of places to eat, then they give you olive. Or if you're thinking about getting Olive Garden, then you have an Olive Garden Instagram ad. Are they using the same technology? I guess right. 
I don't, I don't know how they do it. Like I said, I did some deep cuts. Uh, Melissa will know this. Uh, continuing my uh, long-running beef with the Pit Podcast, uh, I used Leo McGarry <laughs> from the West Wing, thinking there's no way they're going to guess Leo first try because, I mean, it could very easily be a character. real person. But uh, they got Leo in like six questions. Um, again, they got they got this character from this childhood book I read. I mean, not quickly, but quicker than most people would have got Shit. it. So it's oh, it's man. such a fun app. Tell me about it. Can't wait what? to like, take, you know, pour a drink and just akinate. Melissa, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh, training topics on your mind to bring out? I just, not really. I've kind of been off my phone for the past couple of days. I've had a lot of... Well, a lot of grants and stuff. I hear that. <laughs> Melissa, what's um when was the last time you laughed really hard? I laugh hard every day because Ryan lives with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I Aww. think he's hilarious. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> no, I think you're so funny. That's why I like the podcast. <laughs> How sweet. <laughs> but was there like a, was there like a funny story to end off on where Ryan made you really laugh or Aww. crazy stuff, or is it someone else made you laugh <laughs> or something? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or, or, or how about this? Um, what um, what? What's been something you have been binging lately? You've been watching this Queen's Gambit who has made... Oh, uh, I love the Queen's Gambit. I saw... Wait, here these are legit facts I screenshot about the Queen's Gambit, which I haven't seen yet, but uh, I... I um, That's pretty good. I got to check it it's out. It's really good. I think really the Queen's good. Gambit got something like... Chess sets are up 200% uh, <laughs> since then. It's the most trending topic. The most trending Google search in the last month has been how to play chess. Um, Not in New Jersey. <laughs> look at look at this. So tell me, is the Queen's Gambit worth the hype? Because it really is the most popular show right now. I think it's as, as much as 60 million streams, which is insane. So, so you yeah. both have seen the show. Yep. I, I thought it was excellent. I mean, I'm not like a super critic or anything. I mm. usually like whatever I watch, but I, I really liked it. And when it was over, I like was very sad that I had nothing to watch again. <laughs> like I, I thought they were, everybody who was acting was excellent. Like the the actress, I don't know her name, but Anya she- Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah, oh my God, she's she was great. brilliant. She's great. She's she so movie, good. She's a movie I like called The Witch and uh, she's, she's going on places. I'm- Really, really think it's cool what she's doing. She's around our age too. Uh, but Ryan, what do you think of this Queen's Gambit? Is it worth the hype for the re- for the church renaissance? Uh, church for the chess renaissance. I mean, I think the chess renaissance is probably not going to last very long. Um, <laughs> chess is it, it's chess is not going to become magically cool. the most cool Next to PS5. popular thing you can do. Furthermore. Um, <laughs> I think people, if they do a little bit more research, will realize, you know, the idea that a, a woman went to Moscow and won a chess championship, <laughs> it wasn't even allowed uh, in the time period that the movie took place. It just wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a terribly <laughs> accurate movie um, based, you know, based around the, the climate of the times. I think it is based on some, there's some sort of fact. It's a true story. Yeah. yeah, but I don't believe the time periods are necessarily totally correct. Um, and the way that she was treated in Moscow is almost certainly not how she would have been treated in Moscow. So, uh, because, you know, a woman be American, um, you know, not too, chess. Like, yeah. Yeah. And see, they were like so chess. excited about this. Chess yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's a, fa- it's basically, it's a fantasy TV show, but, um, so but I do think, I mean, in terms of acting and stuff, it was done well. The story is good. It's just like this, all the stuff around it, that's not that's not sustainable. Uh, people are not going to just become chess masters or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I know how to play chess. My grandfather taught me how to play chess, and I still don't know how to play chess. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, good chess strong done, women characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, as a film, it, yeah, definitely. Overcoming boundaries, it's awesome. TV, rather, but, <laughs> but as a chess, you know, uh, the revitalization of chess, 
Chess no. is going to need its own, you know, Chess is going to need Jake and or Logan Paul to start competitively going at it in order to become big like that. But, um, yeah, I'm not just like that. <laughs> but, uh, Mr. Arigo was really big into Chess. Yeah. We, uh, last thing, All of Ryan, our Connecticut listeners. We got four minutes, Ryan. What, Ryan, yeah, Melissa, what did you guys think about our, the, uh, Logan, uh, Jake Paul having the crown of the internet troll even more now, knocking out A. Robinson? <sighs> I mean, he knocked out a retired basketball player. He did. He didn't win a three-point contest. <laughs> what, did, what did they think was going to happen? He's twice the size. He's wow. literally twice the size of Nate Robinson. The, they, the, the match couldn't be sanctioned, even if they wanted it to be, because they're not <laughs> the same class. Also, Nate Robinson has never boxed before. <laughs> like, no. I mean, and granted, neither really has Jake Paul, but I mean, at least he's tried before. <laughs> you know what I mean, and for him to go out and call out oh, the two wild things, he called out a professional fighter in Conor McGregor. <laughs> I don't know he who thought it. that was a good idea. He'll he'll straight up murder Jake Paul, um, <laughs> and we'll give him money to do it. But then Jose Canseco also famously not a boxer, was like, I'll fight Jake Paul. Logan Paul, Logan Paul. Oh, he's going to fight Logan Paul? Yeah, well, Logan yeah, yeah. Paul's only done one match, and he lost to another YouTuber. So <laughs> I think anyone can fight Logan Paul. At least Jake Paul, you know, beat up a retired basketball player. You know what I mean? So, you know, at least he's got something under the belt for uh, air quotes because we're doing YouTube credibility. But, um, and again, they could all beat me up. I'm being very honest. I'm not insinuating mm-hmm. I could fight Nate Robinson or Jose Canseco. Didn't he like kill someone, or did I make Jose that up? Canseco? I I know I've not I heard he about a murder, crime, murder right? he committed. I, I don't know about. He just brought. Well, he did the steroids. Maybe that's all I'm thinking I, about. I have to research that, but it's it's crazy. But uh, his um, no one correct us. <laughs> Melissa, um, do you have anything to to uh, <laughs> to contribute to this part of the combo before we say goodbye? I haven't seen it. <laughs> she fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep. I fell asleep at like eight o'clock on the couch. I'm really, really a lame person. I do science and I sleep. So Well, we still appreciate what you do with that. All right. But um I mean with that, again, we'd like to thank our guest Melissa Wilkerson for coming on. Appreciate you giving us a great insight to all listeners. Thank Thanks you. for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Hope to have you again. Um, again, check us out on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Pod, and more after that. And now check us out on our YouTube. And Ryan, what is our YouTube handle? The Tweet Cap with Matt and Ryan. Perfect. All right. Yep, well, very easy to find. Uh, and like I said, thank you everyone for continuing to listen. Thank you everyone uh, as we try and you know grow this, kind of get onto YouTube, uh, move forward. Um, you can always contact myself and Matt. I'm at RPP95. Definitely message me. Tell me whether or not Jose Canseco has committed any felonies. Um, and Matt, it can be found on Twitter, on Instagram at. Yep, Matt Brown31 and Matt Brown300. With that. I'd like to say goodbye. And again, thanks again, Melissa. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, thank you, Melissa. All right, see you next week.